Today's episode of The Glue Guys is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. With fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla, for as little as $1. And that's with no commission fees or account minimums. So whether you're new to investing and ready to learn or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to glueguys.robinhood.com. That's glueguys.robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not investment advice, a recommendation, or a solicitation of any security. Other fees apply. Visit rbnhd.co slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield APY on uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Robinhood Financial is not a bank. Welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Glue Guys. Twitter at BK Glue Guys. Instagram at BK Glue Guys. We're posting more videos to that. Um, Netsdaily.com. The Athletic. 40% off an annual subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash Glue Guys. Brian. Um, which Nets are going to be back now that yeah. Kyrie is saying the things that he's saying? How are you feeling? Um, gosh, he really stepped in it this time, Mike. You know, we've been we did we've been or de- he did. <laughs> he did I say we? It feels like oh, I've been the way I, that I've been. Yeah, it feels like us. <laughs> I've been advocating for him. Feels like it's this is our team, Team Kyrie, and we're on it. Yeah. Um, is having a bad PR day for sure. Um. Mike, why did he do this? Why did he choose this time? He didn't need to do it. There's no, I can't. I've I've tossed it around in my most. I've, I've put it through the Kyrie kaleidoscope, the bullshit kaleidoscope, trying to come out with something <laughs> rose colored, and all it is is that doo-doo brown all the way through. And I don't know how to explain it, Mike. I don't know why someone would self-immolate in the media on so needlessly the way that he's done. Tell me. Explain oh, so, well, give me your thoughts about that quote that he said. How about I do this? I'm going to play the cut. In the business, we call it a cut. What Kyrie said. I'll play the 30-second soundbite, and we'll come out of it, and then I want to. I want you to be unleashed out of the cage and just give your thoughts. But here, first, is Kyrie Irving, in his own words, after the 76ers game, a game in which the Nets had the lead going to the fourth quarter, and of course they lost. Here's what Kyrie Irving had to say after that game. Glaring in terms of the pieces that we need in order for us to be at that next level. And I'm going to continue to reiterate it. You know, we're going to do the best with the guys that we have within our locker room now. And, you know, we worry about all the other stuff in terms of moving pieces and everything else as an organization uh, down the line in the summer. And, uh, you know, it's just something that we signed up for. We knew what we were coming into in the beginning of the season. Guys are going down left and right for us. Collectively, I feel like we have great pieces, but obviously it's pretty glaring that we need, you know, one more piece or two more pieces that will complement myself, KD, DJ, GT, Spence, Karrison. You know, we'll see how that evolves. <laughs> God. Oh, Lord. Uh, okay. So, as you illustrated, we've been pro-Kyrie. 
We've been steadfast in that belief, even when stories were coming out to begin the season that Kyrie wouldn't take off his hat in China. We stood by Kyrie. And then as stories continue of like, I think it was a Jackie McMullen piece that also had the Kyrie China hat situation, the China syndrome. But it also then had another element about like people in Brooklyn are saying, what's the deal with this guy? And then we've gone on, we've defended him, defended him. Uh, Kyrie comes back. It, during Kyrie's injury, it was like, does he even want to come back? We defend, we defend, and we defend. And and I, I had not seen any evidence up until this point to feel differently. And what we then get is that quote, which we just played. And it's just about the worst thing you could do if you're trying to come back into a team and trying to rally a team for a strong playoff push to finish the last half of the season to literally name the guys that you like and then say we need other dudes <laughs> we need really, other guys he really like crossed all of his t's dotted all the lowercase j's there's no it's like incontrovertible you can't contort out of this thing like you meant that you wanted to <laughs> be trading some of your players for a better player that's what you said i mean and i i was looking for ways like you know my just trying to be like just trying to think if I, you know, if I was the guy on the hook for this, like I was the dude that got in trouble at school or whatever, what I would say to the principal, it's like, no, I didn't say, I didn't mean like that. There's, he is, he had, in every instance, he doubled down on each of those things in the summer, name the names, all that, like just in every instance, he buried himself deeper and deeper. And I wonder if it was just like, am I, uh, do I, am I having diary of the mouth right now? And I can't stop myself. Is there is like, I don't understand what there is to be gained from any of this. Um, other than just like, I am in a moment of like social anxiety vortex and I'm, and I'm flailing. I don't know. Like, that's all I could explain. Or, or you just like, was it, you have actually, <laughs> I know I'm looking at the video right now. Yeah. He's super poised and calm and, <laughs> and, and totally he's smiling while he's yeah. saying it. He, he genuinely doesn't realize what he's saying would be taken like this. Like it's, uh, we're horrified and he would, he's like, why, why? Oh, everyone's horrified. This? I had no idea. Yeah. Um, and so, and everyone has said this, right. But that like, Nothing Kyrie said was incorrect. It's it is obvious. Yes, this team does need another piece. It's something that we have talked about consistently. That this team, uh, you know, once KD comes back and once Kyrie is on the floor, you know, it's going to be a pretty nice team. But if you got one more guy, a third star to go with them, you're looking at a real like championship level shot every season. Those three stars are together. So like, nothing he has said is incorrect. But it is. Um, it is shades of what happened with LeBron last season on the Lakers, which is obviously LeBron. I, I think he may have come out and said basically as much ab about his teammates, but he didn't go this far. But his agent and through reporting from various other people that LeBron basically threw the young players under the bus and, and wanted Anthony Davis and couldn't get him at that time. And LeBron ruined last season with the Lakers because of his desire to create a championship roster immediately as opposed to having patience. What Kyrie is doing is the same thing because if I'm Jared Allen, if I'm Joe Harris, I'm sitting here thinking, and Torian Prince, but I, I don't know what Torian Prince is really thinking this way. I'm sitting here thinking, what the F, dude? <laughs> like, what the hell, man? You just, you just put out there, you literally named the players. It wasn't like... He talked in generalities about, you know, we have the established veterans on the roster and our core pieces, but I think we should do, we need to get another piece in here. No, he literally named 
himself, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Jordan, Garrett Temple, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Karis LeVert. Those are the people he named. So the people that weren't named and Wilson Chandler, oddly enough, like Wilson but Chandler. It seems like he, he rattled through that list so fast. It could have been anyone. It felt like other than like a, other than DeAndre Jordan, Kevin Durant. I mean, the fact that Garrett Temple's name is, is tossed in there is and like very high up on the, the yeah. rankings. <laughs> Kevin Durant, <laughs> DeAndre Jordan, yeah. and Garrett Temple. Yeah. Good for How Garrett, does one man. account for that? Um I was actually, I found myself after like going, like listening to that list, I was like, okay, so who are Kevin Durant's friends and who are Kyrie Irving's? <laughs> like, I just want to like, who's, who are they like other buddies with? Because those are definitely just feeling, I'm feeling the weight of their politics moving management towards whoever that is. That's, that's the North star. Um, so if anyone in chat, you can, you can help figure that out. We can do some like Instagram sleuthing on that or whatever. Yeah, because if you're really going by pure basketball talent, and I think you and I have both liked DeAndre Jordan this season more than a lot of people, especially going into the season, we were supporters of DeAndre Jordan, and he has played pretty well, particularly as a backup center. But, like, if you're being a cold, calculating basketball mind about how we can improve this roster, if I'm Kyrie Irving, I'd be like, why don't we trade this aging center who's making $10 million a year for someone who's probably more useful at the end of games when we really would need the extra oomph because they, you know, we this came off the 76ers game, another loss where the Nets had the lead in the fourth quarter. And they put up a stat during the ESPN broadcast about that the Nets are essentially the worst team in the NBA this season in the first, fourth quarter in terms of um, offensive efficiency or something. And then in terms of uh, plus minus whatever. <laughs> so the Nets are, are very bad in the fourth quarter, which is what we understand. It's not that unexpected because – they haven't had Kyrie Irving, and they also haven't had Karis LeVert. So it's basically been Spencer Dinwiddie or Bust for the most part, and that's tough to sustain over the final quarter of a game. But it's um, – you want to defend Kyrie, right? You want to be like, not a big deal. And you know what I have seen reporters come out here, reporters who come on the team, Stefan Bondi being one of them, who tweeted out like, Kyrie was having a conversation with us. He was just being honest and that he – he wasn't he didn't just come out of nowhere and just say we need to make a trade he was asked specifically about what more this team needs to get to the level that it wants to get to but in no way should should a player really ever say these things again about a situation where like you're coming back into the team you're back on the basketball court your your role as a point guard is to elevate the play of everyone else and what you're doing is you're lo- making a line of demarcation on the roster saying these seven dudes are cool. All you else, you all are boring and losers, and I want to trade you, and <laughs> we want to get better. In basketball, the, the, the roster is so small that if you begin to list people on the roster that you like, it clearly lays out who you don't like. Um, mm. Now he may you should just name the people that you don't like. It's the shorter list. Just go yeah. ahead and just. And name I would them. love to know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, well, okay. So let's let's do it this way. Steel Nets raises an interesting point. Um, oh he's in the chat, um, and it says y'all are reading way too much into this. And so there is a couple of things that we should mention with that line of thinking. So I think it's important to create some separation between the practical effects of this. Like, is Jared Allen going to be massively butthurt about this? Probably not. He'll probably see it as like, oh, I don't know. Kyrie talks for a lot of time in front of the media and he said some not so great stuff. And like by him not mentioning my name, am I going to take that as a personal slight? I don't know. I'll just go play 
wow, that's what I'll do. I'll just go, you know, load up my Overwatch and and probably not think about this ever again. <laughs> um, but the other version of that, the other portion of it is is the PR landmine that Kyrie stepped on, and that has a rippling effect in, you know, especially, and I hate to say, I hate to use the New York media meme, but like people are like very keyed in. Kyrie's under a microscope right now, and PR-wise, this is effectively Mitt Romney, hidden tape, 47% level uh, PR misstep. You know, this is, it's really, it's, it's that exactly. Favorite, that's your go-to PR misstep of it's all a, time. It's, well, you know why it's so good? It's because it's exactly what everyone thought about him. Like it's, yeah. a, it just reaffirmed what everyone like quietly believed, but like didn't have any proof of. And then he was like, boom, there it is. And that's sort of why this Kyrie thing is so bad because because it's that it's you know it's what everyone kind of suspected about Kyrie. Either he's like blasé about treating you know his his teammates as trade chips and doesn't understand why they would be emotional about it. Or I mean, even further down the devil's advocate rabbit hole, is this exhibiting some kind of like his attempt at some meta leadership where he's doing some tough love on people that he wants to <laughs> to, oh, God, to inspire to play better basketball? I mean, but that's that's the problem with oh. these types of things, guy. Because like. Probably not, and that's like painting the rosiest picture out of this whole thing. And even still, I disagree with the with the mission there. Yeah. <laughs> but but that's the best version of that, which is already a bad version. So and and this is shades of what the sort of the most damaging quote that he had last season while he was in Boston was particularly the moment when he came out and said that you know I've I talked to LeBron recently. I apologized to him for how I acted as a young player. Because now being a veteran on a team with young players, uh, I can see that how like young players can act stupidly at times. Now, he didn't use the word stupidly, but that was the, the essence of what he said at the time in Boston. And immediately, that was seen as like, oh, crap. Kyrie like hates Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Like That was what came out of that quote. And while the overall message of what Kyrie Irving was trying to say was that, like, you know, I now realize how I acted in the past was wrong. And as a veteran leader, I need to understand and adjust to younger players. That's not how that quote was taken. In the same way that this quote, the overall feeling is that uh, the Nets need more. Like if they're going to compete for championships, which is the reason why Kyrie Irving came to Brooklyn, they need more, which is obvious. But he does the same thing where he just continues. This is who he is. So like this isn't. This is just the kind of guy that he is. He just continues to say words and those words begin to get dissected. And you don't even need to do that that much dissection. This is a rotisserie chicken that you're breaking in half and you're realizing half of it is, I don't know, healthy and not healthy. I don't know what I, I, that that analogy wow. didn't end up where wow. I really wanted it. Made out of carrots or what are you talking about? I don't know. It, it's It's an avocado. This is oh an avocado. My gosh. Oh my quick, lord! You know, and there's like the the bad parts of the avocado and the good parts of the avocado. The old, I thought I was cutting a rotisserie chicken in half, and it turned out to be an avocado. <laughs> now that, it's an avocado. Everyone, everyone. I gets think that's that. better. Um, yeah. But because okay, so there's when there's a star on a team, there's a certain amount of pressure that star puts on the franchise to be good immediately, to put all the resources that franchise has to make the team as good as it can be possibly immediately. LeBron wanted that in Cleveland when they had our pick, the Nets pick. LeBron wanted the Cavs to trade that pick for a player so LeBron could go on one last finals winning run with the Cavs, and maybe that would have helped him decide whether to re-sign with Cleveland. This is the very recently, right before he went to the Lakers. The, the Cavs wouldn't do it because the Cavs ultimately knew 
that LeBron would never guarantee that he would stay in Cleveland. Kyrie is a star who, if he had said this, if he had said, we need one more player, we have some assets of which to trade, we have draft picks of our own, we sh- draft picks coming up, we it would you know we should invest those draft picks in the trade market to bring back a piece that could help us right now. Then that becomes okay. Kyrie's like asking Nets management, not not great, but again asking Nets management they should it puts pressure on Sean Marks and the rest of Nets Nets management. But what he did was he literally named the guys that he likes and then left off the guys. Maybe he doesn't not like them. Maybe he's fine with them. But by naming these guys, it's just such a bad look. It, it and, and it's and not. And here I was. I had all these nice things to say about the game last night. I was going to do a oh. whole lame silver lining thing about like Spencer oh. Dinwiddie and Kyrie showing some evidence of being able to coexist nicely. And and now I can't. Now I can't even say any of it, Mike. It's all I bundled it. I, I tomahawk dunked it three sixty in the trash can. Set it on fire. Well, fire uh, filter. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie is on this team because uh, Kyrie Irving has designated him as one of the chosen people, and Jared Allen and Joe Harris are the unchosens. I mean, my thing with Joe Harris is it may already be known amongst the team that he's, like, he may not come back or something. Like, it already may be known among Kyrie Irving that, like, Nets won't pay the amount of money that it will take to pay for Joe Harris. So maybe that's kind of why we've heard a few Joe Harris trade whispers out there on NBA Reddit. You know, I'm just, I'm just see conspiracy theories. This is what having Kyrie on your team does to you. It leads you yeah. into this weird uh, sort of nebulous place that, <laughs> that you're just like, what is happening? Um, It's really, it's not, I know, again, I would urge everyone to actually watch the video. You can find it on Twitter pretty easily of him saying these things. So you're going to see, as Brian described, a very relaxed Kyrie who you can tell he's engaging with the reporters in front of him. This isn't like someone slumping at his locker, complaining about the team and saying, we need to make a trade. Also, because that also would have been a very weird move after you it just It seems came obvious that he doesn't know he's saying something that would t- be taken as badly as we're taking it. Right? It's, I mean, is that and, the vibe? <clears throat> and to me, that means that he thinks it's it, it should be obvious. I mean, he says it's it's glaring, it's transparent. It means that it should be obvious to all of us that this team does need to make a trade. Now, that's a whole nother discussion that, you know, I would love to get into, which is like we kind of did this last pod during this week about the levels of the trade that the Nets can make this season. But, you know, Kyrie puts in there about how um, in terms of moving pieces and everything else as an organization down the line in the summer. So. He even had some recognition that it's unlikely that a deal would come like right now and be happening. Um, but I would also tell him that uh, Karis LeVert may be a part of the package or Spencer Dinwiddie may be a part of the package that would bring the additional piece. I do wonder what else he wants. Do you know, like, what position is he talking about? That's, what- that's, why, that's why I'm imploring, please, anyone in Twitch or Periscope or sportscaster.com, any of the places that we're streaming to you, of the hundreds of places we're streaming to you, <laughs> go do the deep dive on on Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant's Instagram. I'm sure that player will reveal themselves in the comments somewhere. There will be some glad-handing, digital glad-handing, glad-handing, um, that will, and and I can you can circle that name right there. And it's almost a sure thing that they're going to politic for that person to come on. I mean, the name that immediately 
like there's there's some really high level guys that could be available and Bradley Beal's the biggest one we keep bringing him up we bring him up every NBA podcast that isn't a Wizards podcast brings him up as a trade target for that team because he is the the best player on the worst team right now that isn't Devin Booker and the Suns because Devin Booker it just seems like the Suns would never trade Devin Booker that's they can't emotionally as an organization do that but the Wizards you could understand wanting to do that because they could get a lot. They could reset and do – they haven't really reset in many years. So that would make sense. And the, the Nets could very easily put a trade package together. I mean, I will – let's go in between here. And I, I – I, you know, right. we can keep going on about Kyrie's – Let's but, but like, not. I, I don't want to. Yeah, but but if the Nets were to okay. um, put together – to improve the team and they wanted to save all the valued pieces that Kyrie listed – within his soliloquy. Um, the, the people that are left off that list are Jared Allen and Joe Harris. Joe Harris is a, an expiring free agent, so he's not really much of a trade asset unless you trade him this season to a contender for a first-round pick. I guess that's really the move. But here's the thing. If, if we love our Jared Allen so much and we love this Nets team so much and we want to maintain the culture that has been here and also appease Kyrie Irving's desire to improve the roster – which isn't a bad idea. It's just you probably shouldn't say it if you're the star of the team. The Nets do have a bunch of first-round picks, and we have seen contenders this offseason, this past offseason, trade a decade of first-round picks to get massive stars. Do we want to walk into another situation where the Nets are trading uh, a Billy King level of first-round picks to get this time's version of Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce? No. But there could be a trade out there that that Sean Marks trades three first-round picks for to get and to not have to give up Jared Allen and not give up all these other pieces to get someone who is an above-average starter at maybe the three spot. And then if you have... Oh, God. How terrible does that sound? What is the point of that? It sounds terrible, but it's It's also... It's so lateral. This feels very lateral. I mean... Yeah, anyways, I, I just also think, and I hate to belabor this because we've been belaboring it at this point now, is we're going to start beating this dead horse. But like this, uh, and you know, Stephen A. Smith talked about this, like, we, let's watch Kevin Durant play with Kyrie Irving. Is that not worth seeing before we start <laughs> trading <laughs> trade selling assets? Yeah. I would like to see it at least a little bit. Like, um, we, yeah. and, and like, if Kyrie kind of had left it as like, we just need one more piece as like a hinting towards kevin durant coming back i would have loved that quote i would have been like oh crap Ky- uh, Kyrie irving is like hinting that kevin durant may come back you know like we just need that one piece and we'll be okay but no he obviously said one piece maybe two pieces in terms of <laughs> yeah. what this th- and it's like like it, i would say if you had a team of spencer dinwiddie Kyrie irving joe harris kevin durant and then jared allen or down to jordan playing for you consistently then karis lavert coming off the bench that feels like a pretty good team to I figured me. it out. Here's the player that they trade for, and all of this. Everyone comes away from oh, this no. feeling Don't. great. You know who it is. It's D'Angelo Russell. Bring back, <laughs> bring back D'Angelo Russell. I guarantee everybody in the chat is going to have a little party. I don't know who you trade for him. If it's some combination of um, our... Would just Moose and a second round pick fringe, to it? Yeah, Fringe Wings. They're Torian in, and we're, um, we're Gucci. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's probably not going to happen. Mike... Is there anything else going on in the world that we can talk about? Are there more angles to this that we need to cover? What's going to happen here? I think so. Why don't I just do this? It's the news! All right, go, go. Go live! Go live! 
Holy cow, Mike. Did that put you on a rocket ship of that, memories right there? Come on. <laughs> just sent me all the way back. Um, news around the league, and we'll continue to talk about the Kyrie Irving thing because it's just going to keep coming up throughout this. But with D'Angelo Russell, you mentioned D'Angelo Russell. There's uh, two distinct reports that came out today that have to do with D'Angelo Russell. And one is interesting more for Nets fans. The other one's just more interesting for NBA fans. The one that's interesting for Nets fans is D'Angelo Russell spoke to Bleacher Report. He kind of gave the background story of signing with the Warriors. And he said, there's two things that is interesting to me within it. And this is what he had to say about like understanding why the Nets did what they did, which is saying goodbye to D'Angelo Russell and signing KD and Kyrie. D'Angelo said, I know if you have the opportunity to sign KD and Kyrie as a GM, you got to gamble with that. You got to do it. It's nice to see that he has that perspective. And then he talked about the moment when his agent called him and said, hey, I have this max contract offer from the Golden State Warriors. And D'Angelo Russell said, I'm like, why the F is you on the phone with me? Tell them yes, and which is nice. And But really what I got out of the piece was like, as much as D'Angelo Russell also got dragged through the mud at various times in his career, I missed, <laughs> I did miss that a little bit. I know that you've brought up the Mad Men analogy between Mohawk mm. Airlines and then Pan Am, right? That's the one? Um, uh, yeah, well, I think it's American Airlines, yeah. Okay, but it's, I've, I kind of missed not the amount of negativity that surrounds having Kyrie Irving on your team. And Digital Russell. Dude, for our podcast, it's been amazing. What are you talking it, about? Yeah, our numbers are through the roof and we're the greatest Nets podcast there is. But Jeez. I kind of I just like being this like lovable, though unthreatening team that had D'Angelo Russell as the lead star. And like no, he's a star of some kind, but n- no one cared about him enough to be dissecting his quotes to the level that we do. Even though, like again, not that much dissection is needed in Kyrie Irving. It's uh, it's an avocado. You just cut it just right open. That the thing is what it is. And there's the bad stuff and there's the good stuff. <laughs> I, I love sticking one, with the avocado. You know, one side's an avocado, the other side's a roast chicken. You know. Um, yeah, I mean. Yes, it is tempting to want to go back to simpler times, but Mike, you know, at the end of every season in those simpler times is hand-wringing despair over your first round exit. You know, that's you're just you're just setting that aside. You're just saying I want to have more fun in the regular season than I do in the playoffs. Do that's you, what that's saying. Do you think this Kyrie quote will impact this season at all, whether it be it motivates Sean Marks to make a move, or do you think it will like have a negative impact on Jared Allen and the people, the unnamed people? Probably not. It probably won't move the needle. Um, it'll like, I wonder, here's the other thing is like Kyrie Irving kind of just like leaves, lets those, takes the pin out of the hand grenade, chucks it into the room and just kind of like walks out. Like, is he going <laughs> to, does he need to address this on social media at the very least or anything? Or is he just going to like, whatever, let the air come out of it? I have a sense what we're going to get is another Kyrie's going to speak in front of the media because it's part of his obligation as a playing basketball player. And they're going to ask him about there's going to be some question like, have you talked to the players about what you said to us the other day? And he'll say something like, well, we don't have to talk. We're a family. That's just who we like. We all understand each other. Everyone understood where I was coming from. It was not meant to be an insult to anyone. It'll be something like that. I I Do you think, he, you think he will actually address the media on this on this stupid Well, because he's going to be asked about it. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. There's now that now he becomes the next press availability has will become even more heightened because he laid out this turd of a quote in front of everyone. It's 
it's just not i mean this is just the thing that he's done over his career which is can he enjoys putting his opinion out there on certain matters and he he can't he doesn't have the filter that's not and you know i enjoy that as a person who thinks sports should be fun i think it's more fun when you have people who are honest and so it's almost like you don't want to like crush him too much because you have to appreciate honesty but you as a person who also wants to see the nets do well this is not the thing that's going to help them do well it's not in no way does this help this season and it makes it so i'm i know this is like kind of an overreaction but it almost makes it feel like oh he already feels this way about this group of players and he's already talking about down the line of the summer it's not a not a emboldening fielding uh being a nets follower but mm. do i do i think it's really going to matter probably not all that much like i don't think it's going to shave 3 points per a game off you know their average scoring because he insulted Jared Allen in some way. You know what I mean? Now I know on some level, Mike, you're loving this because you are a guy who loves to throw out crazy trade offers. Yes. Now people mm-hmm. in chat are already playing ball. The, the other your your cohorts, the people that see eye to eye on this. There's there's really two kinds of people: people that love trade machines and love trade memes of all kind, and people that are legitimately offended by somebody who talks about trades, trading any of their players, they don't want to hear it. So <clears throat> for those people who are going to get offended by this, apologies, got to service some of these these bros. Um, pause. Um, <laughs> some of the names, uh, Vooch, Vuchvish, Gordon, there's, these are the types of names that are being thrown out as our complimentary third. Um, one's Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon is the most this the, the name is popping up in in chat on a couple of different platforms here. Um is that the complimentary piece of the future, Mike? If if we're in a world where we're you know getting rid of our Joe Harris's. Well, I will say so I think people also need to remember what the construction of the team would look like when Kevin Durant comes back. So I don't know if Aaron Gordon super makes sense with Kevin Durant on the floor because you're probably going to start Aaron Gordon at the end of the games. It makes sense because Durant plays the five essentially at the end of the games. And then it's Aaron Gordon, whoever you, Torian Prince at three to have spacing and then Spencer and Kyrie. But throughout most of the game, you're not going to play Durant all that much at center. And then Aaron Gordon is not a small four. He's, he's should be closer to the rim. He, he can ball handle a little bit of course, and he can distribute, but like, the spacing becomes really difficult at times if you have Aaron Gordon out there um, kind of clogging things up. But I will say the Magic are a team that seem quite intent on making the playoffs. And Aaron Gordon apparently has not been all that great this year in Orlando. His contract is pretty nice. And if there is one team that you could trade Joe Harris to and you know, I hate going down the Joe Harris trade route because I'm so I I think he's so valuable for this team, and I, I already called him the perfect player. It's Kyrie Kitty bit, but we're gonna go down the route. Um, the Magic would be the type of team that'd be like, we'll flip Aaron Gordon for a guy a guy who we really don't want all that much anymore for Joe Harris this season to compete for the playoffs this season with Joe Harris, and then we'll try to convince him to stay because they desperately need someone like Joe Harris. They desperately need shooting. I mean, they're horrific offensive team at times and if you have joe harris you become much better the nets probably become worse 
but better in the long term. Because Aaron Gordon is a better player than Joe Harris, like one-on-one basis. But again, the construction of a team, I'd rather have Joe Harris next to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. It's very interesting. Uh, Everyone, what what Kyrie check. thinks of Joe Harris. Aaron Gordon's numbers. I wonder if um, I remember I was listening to Zach Lowe over the summer talking about like what Aaron Gordon should do, um, which is to be more like a sort of Draymond Green style his game after Draymond Green, at least statistically, if he can't be a world class defender, um, which he he could maybe who knows. Um, And he's sort of done that a little bit. Um, He's not scoring as much. I haven't checked his defensive stats, but he hasn't elevated those other those assist numbers have gone down those other things it's not a super compelling player to be chasing around or on the other side of that it could be time to buy low on Aaron Gordon I don't know I could go either way on that I think so that's also the thing is that he's 24 years old there we'll, we'll name it if you look at his advanced we'll stats we'll um, his names. defensive win shares are much higher than its offensive win shares and his D B PM is higher than his O B PM. Now I'm saying all these these all these um, uh, letters because I don't really know what any of them mean. But the D's are higher than the O's. How about that? Ah, um, killer. I think there would be enough interest though him through him throughout the league that you would actually have to kind of give up something decent. Joe Harris plus something else for, um, for Aaron Gordon. And and again, it's like it's. I would rather go real big game hunting. If you're going to go down this route of breaking up this core mm. of a team that took you from the worst franchise in the NBA, the literal core of the team, to becoming a, a team that was that was good enough to get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, you have to think long and hard about whether you truly want to do that, to break up the culture that's happening. That doesn't mean that Aaron Gordon's a bad guy or other guys you're bringing in are bad bad guys in any way and going to disturb the culture but it just is like that's a that's a real that's like a real uh fork in the road moment that sean marks is gonna have to decide now i think he again i think he is planning to make a trade i think he signed torian prince knowing that he can trade him next this upcoming offseason that uh frankly spencer dinwiddie's contract is very tradable and carousel verse contract is very tradable and they have first round picks to deal so they have all the ability in the world to do it um Man, Kyrie just igniting, mm. igniting yeah, we, our we thoughts. Can't even, we can't even stay on topic. We're just like, it always comes back. That's what, that's why he's, a, I mean, maybe he's a PR genius. It's just great marketing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, are, so do you, well, I don't think you, you said if you, you think he's going to address it. If you think he's going to try to clarify his remarks in any way. I, well, <clears throat> I don't really know either way. I'm just trying to think if I would want that or if I would do that if I were him. I would maybe try to let it. Diana on the vine. Um, I think do you think you should apologize? No, I think I think you just let that. I think you let that one die on the vine. I, I just, I don't know. I, I think, <laughs> from honestly, from my, from my perspective, I think he might make it worse by by trying to clarify <laughs> it. There, and, and maybe he knows that. I don't know. Um, but yeah, there's that element to it too um, to take into consideration. All right, you want to? You want to? Should we? Move, do you have any more Kyrie thoughts? I have two. No elements of news that I want to get in front of your face. Give me the news. This is in a segment called In Other News. No drop here. (laughs) The Mayor Toasted Headline. Um, You may have seen this, Brian. (laughs) 
it was National Bagel Day this week, and I say bagel weirdly. I know I apologize to the world how I say it, but I do say it that way, the way I just said you it. You do that on purpose, and we all know why, but okay, go ahead, Mike. Mayor de Blasio, the mayor of New York City, decided to weigh in, and I th- everyone has seen this tweet already. It has lit a flame uh, food Twitter, I guess. Uh, Mayor de Blasio said, New York City has the best bagels in the world. Perfect. That's great. But our best bagel, question mark, bagel hole in Park Slope. Okay, so that part of the tweet everyone really liked. He said no contest about that being Mm. the best. Now, here's his order. Whole wheat, toasted, extra cream cheese. Now, this immediately, immediately infuriated New York City food Twitter. All New Yorkers were up in arms over this because... Bagel hole, bagel hole. Who is a, a well-known bagel establishment? It's a good one. I've been, I've been there. It's good. Does not have a toaster. Um, what? Well, that's oh. the issue with them. Does not oh, because, have. A to- oh, because he said it was toasted. Yeah, and most people say because a place like Bagel Hole is making you a lot of fresh bagels, you should not ever toast a fresh bagel. And no, people should. are very mad. And also extra cream cheese. <laughs> I mean, that's the most egregious part. It's there's already everyone kind of already knows there's too much cream cheese on those things. Yes. And and the flavor combination of just plain cream, just more plain cream cheese and (laughs) and a whole wheat bagel is offensive. It offends my nature. I I will admit I tried to conceptualize what that would taste like. And it's really gross. You're eating like a bagel in like, yeah, floating in a in a vat of in a vat of cream cheese. It's like no, no bueno. Um, like Jack Nicholson in Batman fell into that vat to turn into Joker. Mm. That kind of that. Imagine sitting into that and that all being cream cheese. If it was like a a jalapeno cheddar, some kind of dumb, like flavorful cream cheese that you just got hooked on or like even like lox, lox cream cheese, you know, um, I'm fine with, I'm more fine with that. I mean, but even still add a flavor to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. And also, I think, like, so when you see the tweet, it just says, it says whole wheat. And for some reason, seeing it written out as whole wheat bothered me. I don't know what it is. It's like, like, <laughs> I eat, like, I eat, I eat whole wheat, everything bagels. Um, so I like that. But for some reason, like, the whole wheat felt foreign when you describe a bagel. I guess it's a wheat bagel, but I, it just didn't feel right and toasted. Okay. I'm going to admit this, Brian. I'm going to say this here on this podcast. I agree that even though a bagel is fresh, you should be allowed to toast it if you want. I think it's different. It, toasting doesn't mean that you want it hot necessarily. It's because you want that like really extra layer of crunch. So I do take issue with people out there who are you want, toast you want lifeguards. A, you want some crunch? Go get yourself a pack of El Paso taco shells, Mike. It's a <laughs> bagel. <laughs> okay. All right. It's not supposed to be crunchy unless it's already... Um, not fresh. It's going stale. I need to bring it back to life a little bit. That's the only time you're supposed to toast that sucker. This is like when you go to sushi places and they're like, no soy sauce for you. Okay. I want, I want the soy, like I want soy sauce when I dip in the sushi. There are bagels. Bagels are improved by toasting them. Not, I also like a bagel that isn't toasted. I'm very, um, uh, pan bagely, pan bagel, pan sexual bagel. I don't know. That's sure. 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 Um, yeah. But I, I, I will defend his honor, Mayor de Blasio, on this point that I think you can toast a fresh bagel. You can toast a fresh bagel. It does not offend my senses. It's fine. 
I mean, you do recognize that you're. Have you ever had this argument with other people? Like it, you're, you're. No, just you. Remember in the minority. I, I only of, talk to you, Brian. I know. Yeah, I know. yeah I'm in the. Minority. I mean, not that you're. You're not a pure Philistine. Like you know, there's there's hope for you, I guess. Although I do think also like getting a whole wheat bagel is lame. Like if you're getting bagels, like you're already getting. 600 calories of bullshit so like <laughs> just just embrace that i don't know there's there's a whole bunch of things wrong with it um what is the worst bagel offense you have seen oh my god i saw this is a real one i saw a person this is when i was in washington heights um in the in the um so there's this one place which is my, it was a good bagel place like great and one person goes in she's she gets a plain bagel but she says can you scoop out the um, like the white bread, the spongy part of the bagel yes. on both sides, fill that with mayo and then deli <gasps> turkey. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. What? yeah. What? So, so I've seen, I mean, I've seen some real horror shows out there. Um, that's true. Oh my Lord. That's a real thing that I saw. I swear people don't believe that, but I swear I saw that. Okay. Um, I would never ask anyone to scoop out the spongy part the, the of innards. the bagel, but it's, it's actually pretty good if it's, if it's done for you. I'm not going Okay, the worst bagel offense I've seen is is with my friend Alex. So my my wife and I live in New York. Drove we got a bunch of bagels. We we're gonna go for a wedding weekend where all of us friends were staying in a house in a cabin in Maryland. So we drove down. We had these New York City bagels. All my Maryland friends are so excited because bagels are are horrible in Maryland. Horrible, like known as mm. the bad state for bagels it should not be allowed so we drive down with these big bag of near brooklyn bagel co in chelsea wow. if you want to know excellent the, those are the best bagels in new york city anyway so we're driving down uh everything is the, uh, fantastic it's got the seasoning on the bottom and top if if you're at a bagel shop that only has seasoning on the top of your everything bagel they should be barred and they should be thrown out of mm. the bagel union um, mm-hmm. So we bring it down to this cabin. We get there. Everyone's excited. Literally, there was like piles of cream cheese and the toppings waiting for everyone. When we got there, we unleash the bagels, unfurl them out for all to have. And my friend Alex picks up the everything bagel, cuts it in half. Okay, he's fine there. Puts cream cheese, a layer of cream cheese. Okay. Then, then cuts up individual strawberries. And late and and places them all around the bagel, and then puts a layer of ham on each half of the bagel. Whoa. So he's eating an everything bagel that has onion, salt, poppy seeds, and sesame seeds, with cream cheese, strawberry, and ham. <clears throat> I was I. You know what? I Honestly, could not contain myself. Bro. With that, that's the kind of thing. Like I feel like he he may just have like. An experimental, but he could be like on chef's table, you know, in a couple of years. We don't, we don't, and we don't know because there's some, there's an under, it's crazy. I, I don't, that is a crazy thing to do, but somehow that's like crazy enough and seeming to have some underlying logic to it or some reptilian logic to it. Um, what you know, I mean, getting well, okay, like salt and fruit is not so insane. Like you can get like they have stupid okay. fruity cream cheeses and stuff, whatever. Yes, you know? on the the chart of your tongue of the different flavors that that could be hitting your tongue, the salty, sweet. Yeah, mm-hmm. so like cream cheese and and strawberries. Yeah, that it's goes. gross. Don't get me wrong. I think that that's gross, but um, people you're defending it. No, you like it. No, I mean, you're, I, you're, you're I, on I, the side I, of my I, friend Alex. I'm so. gonna give it a try. Is what I'm saying. I'm gonna give it a try. That's yeah. disgusting. 
um, horrific. But I think yours is worse. That is, I mean, mine I, was just like that's a psychotic person. Mine, it's you know, I don't but know. I guess and she was she was a woman who was maybe like ninety pounds. So there's that too. Oh, good for her. Yeah, so um, slight. Um, I guess I you know mayo is not all that different from cream cheese, and I guess you could. You could be charitable, but it just doesn't feel. Mayo is pretty different than cream cheese. Pretty different. Um, what's the other news point, Mike? Um, one it. last, one last news point. So this, <laughs> we talked about this before we started recording, but well, you're not going to care about this because this is about the cheating scandal on the Major League Baseball. So I'm not, not even that gonna, again. <laughs> not again. <laughs> before we were recording, I, tried, I had to, I, I asked Brian if he was been up to date with the cheating scandal, no, and he says, not. "What cheating scandal?" So, <laughs> does everyone know about this? Am I the only person? All right, whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's not the it's only. The thing. I have, I have, I have blind spots. I, you know, I, I make no, yeah, bones cool. about it. Um, so I won't even get to that. So this is it. This is our podcast. It was a great pod. It was a really good pod. Um, when are we going to pod next, Mike? Uh, we're gonna pod next week unless if Kyrie Irving says something uh, super crazy. The Nets obviously are in in a wild part of their schedule. What if is... we beat the Bucks on Saturday? Are we gonna pod? Um, sure. But if we beat them, heck, why not? Uh, do you think the Nets are gonna come out and be motivated from Kyrie's quote to? Uh, I think so. Him? I think Jared Allen's gonna be like, uh oh, they're gonna ship me out if I don't shape up. Better put the Overwatch down. Um, <laughs> I. There was there, so there was a story for I think it was Malika Andrews from ESPN had a really good story about DeAndre Jordan being the NBA's most expensive best friend or whatever, mm-hmm. and it was really it was really good explained what DeAndre tries to establish his role. But there's a part at the end that I think people should read, speaking specifically about like DeAndre Jordan. Did he ever think he was going to be a bench player at this point in his career? And he was like, No, I got to admit it's really hard, but I don't want to be a dick to Jared Allen. And it's kind of like. Oh, well, now I look at that quote in a different light because it's like, well, maybe Kyrie just wants Jared Allen to be traded so his friend DeAndre Jordan can start playing basketball games as a starter. But who knows? Hey, so Bucks Saturday, 6 p.m. at Barclays. Uh, then the Sixers come MLK Day, 3 p.m. at Barclays. And then the Nets host the Lakers a week from today. We're recording this on Thursday. Um, again, a lot of interesting games. And Kyrie Irving is going to continue to talk in front of the press. And hopefully we'll see what he says that will be better or worse for the team. So we'll keep tracking it here on The Glue Guys. If you like The Glue Guys, go to iTunes, rate us five stars. We want them. We need them. We have to have them. Um, We don't have a Yelp page, but maybe someday we will. Thank you all for listening. Brian, take us out. Um, Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Any, do we need more? Or? Yeah, boy! <laughs> <laughs>